Welcome to the 162nd episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. Stay tuned for my interview with Linda Barnes, author of the Carlotta Carlisle Mystery Series. Linda's latest novel, The Perfect Ghost, is a standalone suspense novel. Stay tuned for my interview with Linda Barnes. This interview was recorded live at the Crime Bait Conference in Boston, Massachusetts. The Reading and Writing Podcast is sponsored by the book-loving nerds at Riffle. Riffle is an online book community that connects readers with authors and books that they'll love. Readers use Riffle to find the next book that they want to read. And authors use Riffle to make their books stand out and drive sales. Join the Riffle community today at rifflebooks.com. That's R-I-F-F-L-E. B-O-O-K-S dot com and look for the link in the show notes as well. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Linda Barnes. Linda is the author of 17 novels. Twelve of those novels featured six-foot, one-inch, red-headed, private-eye Carlotta Carlisle, and four featured actor-detective Michael Sprague. Linda Barnes' latest novel, The Perfect Ghost, was published in April. Linda, welcome to the podcast. Nice to be here, Jeff. Sure. Well, for those listeners who haven't read The Perfect Ghost yet, how would you describe your new novel? It's a real change-up for me. Um, it, I think of it as a modern gothic, a psychological novel with a twist, a uh, modern gothic says it best with a little hint of noir. Great, great. Well, as I mentioned, you've written a series of popular mystery novels featuring Carlotta Carlyle. When you first started thinking about the idea for The Perfect Ghost, did you think it might be a Carlotta novel, or did you know from the no, beginning? No, absolutely. Um, I wanted to take a break from the Carlyle series, and I had an idea for a book that I knew would only be one book, would not be a series. When you write a series, there's a level of commitment that you make to a particular character. And I had a character in mind, but I did not want to deal with her for a lifetime. And sure. so I wrote a standalone. It was a real, uh, it was a wonderful experience. And now I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's over. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, at the beginning of your career, before you wrote your first short stories about Carlotta and, and the first novel, uh, A Trouble of Fools, had you written fiction before or, or did you start out? I began as a, a teacher, and then I was teaching theater, and I found myself in a position where I was required to write a play. The Boston Globe runs a, used to run the Boston Globe Drama Festival, and every high school had to submit a one-act play. They had a contest, and I said, I was told I had to participate in this, and I had not written prior to that. Um, I had 12 wonderful actor kids, and I wrote their names on a piece of paper, and I said, here's my cast, and then I went to look for a play that had 12 characters in it, and was a one act, and there's no such thing, or there was not (laughs) such a thing. Um, So I had six weeks, and 12 kids, and I wrote a play for them. And it was so much fun, and when and we kept winning. And at uh, state f- finals, a man came up to me and said, "Can I publish that?" And I said, "Okay." 
And then when I left teaching, I thought, well, I'll write a novel and someone will come up and they'll say, can, can I publish it? <laughs> and is that how Imagine it Imagine my surprise. <laughs> it didn't work like that at all. It didn't? No. <laughs> And so, so when you first started writing the, the Carlotta series, it was in the, the mid-80s, and it was obviously at that time kind of a, a renaissance of um, female private eyes. Well, when I started writing her, there were no female there part no. Of private eyes at all. When I, I, I floated the idea of this sort of tough female PI around mm-hmm. in the very early 80s, and people said, are you crazy? Um, uh, that uh, Rex Stout had tried to do one, Bertha Cool, that it never worked, nobody would be interested in buying this, and I listened to them, which was a mistake. And um, by the time I, I was so frustrated with the series that I was writing with Michael Sprague, I decided that I would write a short story to audition Carlotta, because everybody could tell me she'd never sell. And uh, I wrote this short story, and I shopped the short story around, and nobody wanted the short story, and my agent shopped it around and sold it to three publications that uh, failed immediately. And when it finally came out, it was nominated for or won every major mystery award. And then people said, oh, my God, why don't you write a woman? And, you know, this had been five years in the making. Sure. So by that time, people were going, oh, well, you know, you copied Sue Grafton. And I was going, no. <laughs> I don't think it's a coincidence that we all came out at around the same time, though, sure. because, you know, we were writing about the lives we were living. Yeah. And that was really, times had changed, and sure. we changed with them. That's great. Well, now that you've written 17 novels, has your writing <laughs> process changed at all from, from when you started? I think that I'm probably writing with less desperation than I wrote with at, at other times. I, I think that my process changes with each book, that each book seems to require different things. And so now I'm, I'm starting a new series, and I feel like I'm beginning from ground zero again and hoping that each book teaches me what it is I need to know. <laughs> so can you tell me about the new series yet? I can't yet. You can't? I okay. really cannot. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Um, and that's what you're working on now? That is absolutely what I'm working on now. I finished a short story with this character, but I don't know... That Excuse me, I don't know that I'm going to actually publish the short story sure, or sure. whether I'm going to use it as sort of a calling card right. and right. just try to sell the book on the basis of the short story. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so what advice would you have for aspiring writers who may be listening? Oh, you know, sit down and do it. Do it today. Stop talking about how you're going to write your book and write your book. That's really the basic thing that I would tell them, that you have to be ten of the most stubborn people you know, and you have to sit down and do the work. There's no getting around it. There's no easy way. Sure. So so what books or authors have you read lately that you would recommend, either fiction or nonfiction? You know, I'm um, 
reading, I, I read everything from the back of cereal boxes <laughs> to nonfiction. I'm a big Civil War buff and I read Michael Shera and I read all of these wonderful writers. I just finished Karen Russell's Swamplandia and I just finished um, the uh, Adam Jones book set in North Korea um, that I can no longer remember the title of but that uh, just won a Pulitzer. When I read in the genre, which I do uh, fervently, I always come, well, I always come back to the masters. You know, I always, right now I have a a Rex Stout in my my purse that I'm carrying around because it's a small book. But I read Sue Grafton, I read uh, Michael Connolly, I read Laurie R. King. And I always like to give them plugs. Great. So, so, so going back to a moment when we were talking about, you know, the, the first Carlotta novel and, and you know, that, that time period, um, and, and you, you said you felt like it was, you were writing about the, you know, the life that you were living. Um, what, uh, I mean, were you, were you aware at, at the time? I mean, obviously you said that you floated the idea and, and people were kind of, you know, um, you know, shot it down, but were, were you kind of aware at the time that this is, you know, that you felt like you needed to write that, that it was reflective as opposed to... I absolutely needed to write that book. I felt like Carlotta would not, her voice would not stop hammering in my ear. And that she was someone that, I felt that she wasn't out there, she wasn't represented, that someone needed to tell that story. I wanted to... I'm a big believer in the regional PI novel. Mm -hmm. I think of them as my travel guides. If I'm going to the Midwest, if I'm going to Cincinnati, I want to read a Cincinnati writer. If I'm going to, you know, St. Louis, I want to read a St. Louis writer. And I think that rather than reading a travel book, I would rather read Lauren Esselman on Detroit than read uh, somebody who's just writing, you know, about the hotels. I think that Private Eye novels capture the spirit of a city. And I wanted to talk about Boston because it's someplace that I absolutely love. And I want other people to know of that. So in seeing Boston through Carlotta's eyes, I got to re experience my own coming to Boston and falling in love with it. That's that was great. fun. <laughs> And, and did you find yourself at the time having to do any research, or would you just go to a neighborhood if, if you wanted to? I or do you just I know the ba- do you know the city that well from live there? I've walked the city. <laughs> no, I I truly do love this area. And yes, there's research that you need to do. But often, what I do is I'll, I'll write the book and then I'll say oh well I really don't know that neighborhood that well do I know somebody who knows somebody who lives in that neighborhood that I can talk to so that I can hear that accent because around Boston hearing the accent yes, is yes. very <laughs> great well again we've been speaking with Linda Barnes Linda's latest novel The Perfect Ghost is in bookstores now so grab a copy Linda thanks for doing this interview thank you very much Jeff I enjoyed it great Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. 
In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.